brilliant. It's great to have you, Mike. Thanks a million for your time. Um, we all, most of us here in here are, are, are fairly up on all your work. Your last video was pretty good now, but the, the history of that involved was very good. Yeah, I have to yeah, say. Well, uh, it, it was historical, all right, yeah. <laughs> I had brilliant. to rewrite that one about five times, I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm lucky, actually, that I have Tracy, because... I was wondering, was that your secret weapon now? Well, well that's it. I'll write the script and I'm, I'm trying to put it in such a way that I stay on YouTube and I don't get a knock on the door, if you know what I mean, like, you know, so... Not, not again, kinda, yeah. uh, Well, that's it. Well, <laughs> I, didn't get a, I, I didn't get a knock the first time. I got a phone call and we can talk about it if you want. But um, I, I have good news on that too, by the way. But um, no, she'll, she'll definitely proofread it because I'm like... People who know me, I'm no angel at all. You know what I mean? And and give us a bit of I, the background there, Mike, for two minutes, just in case anyone doesn't know your background, and then we we'll yeah. go into into this if you don't mind, just to give people Some, pressure. So yeah, brilliant. Yeah, no bother at all. So my name is Mike Connell. I was born in Galway City in 1983. At the age of 17, I joined the army. I trained up in Cavan for uh, I don't I trained up in Cavan. I done a year in Cavan. Uh, Done a lot of work on the border with the foot and mouth that time, actually. Uh, after a year, I got a transfer to Galway, uh, and, it, and I'd done essentially 20 years straight through in Galway. Uh, I'd done six trips overseas to Eritrea, Ethiopia, Liberia, Chad, and Lebanon. And loved my career. Um, was all over the world, all over the country. I finally got into a situation then where I was um, training recruits regularly. And that, to me, was... That was my life, to be quite honest with you. I love training recruits. Um, but when Leo Vragger made his, uh, made his declaration about the, the so-called pandemic, it made me deeply uncomfortable straight away. But I felt the army weren't doing anything wrong. I, I, felt, I, I felt in the early days, my organization at the time weren't doing anything that would have a conflict with the oath we swore, you know. But um, the following year, March 2021, um, it was uh, Chief of Staff was Mark Millet at the time, a naval officer, retired now. But he essentially gave the go-ahead then to use soldiers to essentially, I use the word detain because that's what I believe it was. At the end of the day, there was families in quarantine hotels they weren't given the choice to leave or not to leave. And if they attempted to leave, it was the job of the soldier to go to the guards to make sure they go back into the hotel or, of course, they'll face some sort of a punishment. So I thought that the Irish soldier being the enforcer of, of a system that robbed people of their civil liberties and their freedom went against the oath. And I essentially had a conversation with my company commander, and I had another conversation with the operations officer, and I was satisfied after the two discussions that I was going to leave the army. So I essentially, a couple of days later, I applied for my discharge, and I saw, saw out the end of my contract, and I made it absolutely clear that don't send me to the quarantine hotels or it will result in somebody being famous, if you know what I'm trying we to say. We were thinking so the every, same thing, Mike. We were thinking yeah. the same thing. Please don't send us to the... <laughs> off uh, to the camp. Well, honestly, God, but that, that, 
that popped into my head then at one stage, you know, um, the, the Dear Taoiseach video I did that time, that was the one that got me in trouble. But uh, that, that was essentially, if you attempt to take people out of their homes and bring us to any camp, if you attempt to force uh, mandatory vaccination on the population, or if you, if, you, um, if you lock down just the unvaccinated, I was going to take that personally as uh, a, a reasonable excuse to essentially go to his house and let him know that I'm not impressed with your bullshit. And um, but that did that that video did get me in trouble. But later on, um, after I think it was Conor Gallagher, I think he's the Irish Times um, journalist there for for whatever it was, security or defence or something. He essentially alluded to the idea or to the fact or whatever he said essentially that an ex-soldier and member of the big bad far right is being investigated by this, that, and the other. So I, I did. I put out a video to that effect, all right, kind of explaining. Um, my situation but essentially when I left the army that time I just I just started to write and I started to post my thoughts up on YouTube and I got a little bit of um, notoriety over it you had but, a great Twitter feed there for a while I was following you on well, the I, channel I have I, I had a good 7,000 followers on that but I, I you know what it is about Twitter Twitter is a mad universe altogether and the lefties really run that platform and th there's just something about a leftist who annoys me and I can't help but get involved. And the thing is, if if I'm if I'm in a in a in a in a conflict or a challenge where the name of the game is to insult the other person who's insulting you, there's no line I won't cross. If 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 I'm going to win this, I'm going to say whatever I have to say to win it. You know what I mean? So inevitably, I I got the boat, like you know, but. I got great crack on following you on that Twitter. You had some great stuff there, the back and forth. But they're, they're lunatics. They are lunatics. Oh, Genuinely, honestly, honestly, God, I've learned. You know, I've uh, for the most part as well. I've learned an awful lot. That no, no matter how rational, no matter how much proof, no matter how much evidence, no matter what you produce that's concrete, these people are so possessed by the ideas of their beliefs that evidence matters not. So I don't even give them the time of day anymore. I'm actually more inclined to call them mentally retarded than to argue with them because I fully believe that if, if your brain is genuinely capable of denying the, uh, the, obs the observable fact that there is such a thing as a man and a woman and by, by way of a declaration, you can't change that fact. If your brain is capable of, you know, there's whatever amount of genders. There's a gender for everyone on earth, it seems, at this stage. But if, you're, if your brain is capable of, of accepting these facts or, or these beliefs in spite of the evidence, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> no offence. They're fucking Why insane. Why do they all have the same thing? Like, the, the pronoun thing, the Palestinian flag, oh, the rainbow flag, and the, the, the pronouns so, like he, her. I can't. It's cringy. It, uh, it's, it's really so hard. It's so fascinating. <laughs> but you, you, can, you could literally put a fortune on it every single time that if somebody makes a comment on your Twitter feed and you go into their bio, if the pronouns are there, you just, you just, you just move along because there's no winning. They're not going to take it at all. It's just you're dealing with, it, with someone who should be in an insane asylum. Yeah, it's, it's, but, it's um, crazy. I, I just don't get it myself. Like they're, they're just parroting off government talking points. And it's like... Uh, these, guys, these guys call themselves anti-establishment. 
they're the establishment enforcers, which is Good fascinating point. to me. And they'd, they'd call someone like me then, right? I have, a, I have an obsession with freedom. And it's a, it's a struggle every day trying to, be, trying to be consistent in that belief because we're all biased. Even I'm biased, like, you know. But I do, I, I try my best to analyze a situation from, from a freedom lens, you know what I mean? And, and again, remain as consistent as possible. Even giving and them their freedom. You know what I mean? Oh, ab- Even, ab- yeah. Absolutely, 100%. And, and I think the more these people talk, especially out loud in public places, whether it's on a public platform or in the street, I, I, I'd like to think the more these people express their deeply held beliefs, someone eventually is going to say, we need a mental institution down the road for these leftists because we can't, we can't go on living like this. Like their, their beliefs are enough. For somebody, well, for someone who's rational, their beliefs should be enough to say, yeah, there's something wrong with these people. And, you know, especially if they're in politics, and an awful lot of them seem to have a lot of political clout and political it's, sway. It's the Irish thing, like this all, ah, they're grand, and ah, sure, it's grand. But, like, oh. now who's a grand in the ch- in the school? Like, you know, when, like, we all, it's all, it is grand, and let live and let live, and adults can do what they like, and all that. But, yeah. it, like, you, none of us, Ireland is not really a homophobic country. The most tolerant, most open, biggest yeah. outage it's going. And it yeah. just, there's no, there's no... They just keep taking more and more. They're actually making moderate people who don't have any problem with anything and they're living at live. They're radicalizing people with their... Yeah. You know, they're, like what they're, I, just want, they're going too far. What, what I think is funny as well is I, I literally went, and I'm not saying it because I'm, like, full of myself ratting, but I went from being a model soldier with a... With a, a and, the best conduct record you can leave the army with seven medals on my chest to within a hundred days being a far right extremist radical who was being fucking <laughs> who was being investigated was being investigated by the special detectives unit a, a group whose remit comes under the um, counterterrorism counterespionage so that's that's where I went within a hundred days and I think for some reason that I was all, a lot of people would assume, at least anyway, that I was always this really, you know, mad lunatic, just ready to pounce. Like, of course I wasn't. I just had enough of their shit. I had enough. I tell you, when I really started to take interest in politics was in 2019. The Minister for Justice at the time was name was Charlie Flanagan. And Charlie Flanagan thought it'd be a great idea to attempt to bring in hate speech laws. Now, I don't know much about history, but I know enough to know that when a government involves itself in the freedom of speech of its citizens, it never goes well. And, and to be quite honest with you, the proof of that essentially is the fact that I got a phone call from the Special Detectives Unit telling me that I'm under investigation for supposedly threatening the most powerful man in Ireland. Now, what I always told people, people seem to think that hate crime legislation is just there to stop people saying the word nigger and the word faggot, because obviously they're the two worst words on the face of the earth. Why? I don't know. They're just words. I get called every bad name under the sun every day of the week. But 
normal or leftist, essentially leftists anyway, but normal people seem to think that he, these hate crime laws and hate speech laws, they're just there to make a nice, calm, relaxed society and purge it of hate. Now, I, I can even get into the problem with calling something hateful and trying to purge it. That's tyrannical in its own right. But the only person I'm aware of that used the, the, the hate speech um, defense was the Taoiseach on me. You know what I mean? So essentially the most powerful man in the country was one of the first people in the country to use hate speech laws to get me. Again, which I found funny. But um, Yeah, what, what kills me, Michael, about all of that thing is that it's the talking point. They sell it to the people. Like I remember the children's uh, referendum, if you remember that. And I was kind of against it because in my mind, I was only I was a lot younger at the time, and I was kind of looking at Jez, you know, that's he read that's he wrote in parents' rights. And yes. every asshole on on Facebook at the time, it's how could you be against it, Asher? It's for the children. She's like, You're mad, are you? It's for the children. They just pick to the government talking point, and beyond that yeah. they don't see. And and that's as far as their research goes. And I, I think there's a big problem in Ireland is we have no alternative media or no counterbalance to RT and these newspapers, at least in England of G B news and you know, in Australia yeah. they have Sky and whatever. There's some kind of counterbalance, even though they're not they're still establishment ish. But at least yeah. there's a, an alternative idea. We're living in little China already or something. Yeah. Like it's really bad here. It, it, just we're in an awful predicament, I can tell you. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I every shred of information that I get nowadays, I get it from YouTube or I get it from the people I follow on Telegram. I, I don't get it from anything that could be classified as, you know, the legacy media or the main source media. They're, they're literally, especially I'm, I'm reading stuff about me in, in the newspapers that doesn't resemble the kind of person I am at all. So mm. it's, they all sway to that one side, to that woke Marxist side. You seen Kelly there. Uh, the Irish kid done a great video there last week. Kira oh, Kelly, like she pushed the J&J. &J and, and now she's yeah. working for Jans. Like this is it's what you're brilliant. dealing with. Like it's yeah. unbelievable. The Irish kid's Mick, brilliant. He's, he's absolutely excellent. I swear to God. In, 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 for the two or three minute videos he does, he puts such an amazing and fresh perspective on what's going on. And by the end of the video, not only do you want to kill someone, but you're bursting your balls laughing as well because he's after <laughs> giving it to you in a way that's, that's funny. Like, you know, fair play to him. I actually thought I was maybe going to be able, you know, a satirical soldier, I thought maybe I'd be able to kind of produce the same results. Man, I, I'm amazed that anyone listens to me at all. I'm the most fucking morbid fucker on, the, uh, <laughs> on YouTube. But I tell, it's, there's very little I can do about it. I, I don't really have a classical education. Like, I have a, I have a bad leaving cert, and everything I know I just picked up from experience. And, and I, I go through the process of trying to write it down I'll, I'll read it 50 times. I'll make sure the argument holds water or the facts are accurate. And then I'll just, I'll just send it off. But I suppose it, it, it seems to work anyway. Your it videos are very good. I was only on your channel there before you come on. You have 36 or 37 videos. And I remember them. I've watched nearly. I've watched them all over time. But no, they're very good, very to the point, very concise. And also a bit of cover in your ass in the sense, I think that's what he was trying to say, oh, you're using gunshots. It's like, yeah, I use gunshots in every video. That's my intro. Yeah, and yeah. Ultra, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I tell you, that video, then, the, the dear Taoiseach, a breakdown. After I got a phone call from the guards that time saying I was being investigated and then a file would be sent to the DPP before Christmas, I said to myself, what I'll do is I'll sit down with the laptop I'll produce the script for Dear Taoiseach 
and I'll essentially write my defence. And when, when Conor Gallagher, I'm fairly sure it was Conor Gallagher, wrote that piece about the far right in his newspaper, I said, what I'm going to do now is essentially respond to that piece as if I was in front of a judge in court. And um, literally a week after the video was released, I got a phone call from the SDU again. This is months, away, this is months after the fact when they sent the file to the DPP. I got a phone call from the SDU saying, yeah, we're after dropping the charges there, buddy. Have a nice day, you know. So they've essentially said the charges are gone and, you know, have a, have a nice life. Now, no doubt they're still watching me. But, um, but I think that video where I essentially said I, that, that law, Coco's law, the law that's essentially that has been created to stop revenge porn, has, they've literally used, they've, they put a clause in it that says if you, ca- imagine I laughed and I saw it. If you cause somebody alarm, alarm now, mind you, that is deemed worthy enough to prosecute somebody. Alarm, you know what I mean? Like, so essentially, what would have what would have been the case, I imagine, if I stood in front of a judge was here, Mick, you're after causing alarm there to the Taoiseach. Now I know he's surrounded by armed guardy 24-7. He's an armored car, he's under the watchful eye all the time, but man. You're after frightening them there, buddy. So we're just going to have to lock you up for two years. That was essentially what they were... What, what, that's what I believe they were going to present as a case. But I'd say when okay. they saw that video, they backed what off. What were you feeling about the... Sorry, sorry. What way do you feel about this, what this law they're trying to bring in, this hate speech? I know now, you know, you I, might I, know something about it that we don't. I, I, think, I think it's going to be... It's going to crucify what our entire society stands for. I think, and, and I said it as well in a couple of videos, that if you take away a man or woman's ability to speak their mind, especially when they believe so purely in their cause, and if, you're, and if you tell that individual that your, your pure intentions are now a crime, you're going to leave them no other option. If you start locking people up, because they don't believe in gender theory or queer theory, that they value biology. Or if you believe that your right to speak your mind should outrank someone's desire to feel comfortable, which is essentially what they're saying, and you, and you could potentially end up in prison, what are they going to leave you with? Like, what, what? Historically, I've said it in the videos, I said, historically, when you take away somebody's right to speak, you literally only leave them with... And, and urge to act, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. And I was thinking about, we were talking about this earlier on, like, you, won't, you it's going to stop people connecting dots. So, like, if there's three women attacked in Dublin and, you know, there's a pattern developing maybe with the perpetrator or whatever, you know what I mean? It limits your ability to, or something going on to your children's school maybe with theories that's going on there. Or, you know, so it's, it's yeah. really, yeah, I don't know, it's a slippery slope to totalitarian to, to just... It, it, it is, it is absolutely. And I, I, it's as simple as this. Everything the government um, superficially call hate, doesn't matter what it is. If they just say, okay, that's hate, no. that's the end of it. If you're, and no matter, no matter how valid your point, if they view it as hate... That's the, and it all and again. It depends what government comes in. The government, if Sinn Fein get in, I, I'd say yeah. 
calling a woman a woman instead of a person with a cervix, that could be viewed as hate. Having an issue, I tell you, Carl Crow stood up in the doll um, a couple of months back uh, and basically said that to speak of immigration is to speak of a hateful topic and should be criminalized. And he said the same thing about gender. And he also said that anybody on our side, and when I say our side, I, I would say people who value freedom, anyone on our side that tries to coalesce and get together to become a political force, he wants to stop that. Like, if that isn't the definition of tyranny, I don't know what is. And, and, and like, at the end of the day, I, I, I say it one more time. If you can't argue your way to your point using objective facts and logic and, and again, your deeply held beliefs, because they may lock you up for expressing your opinions, you are going to ask for an awful lot of trouble. And, and I'm not going to lie to you. I welcome the trouble. Because I think if any kind of a reset needs to take place, it's a reset of freedom. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think myself, it's going to take whatever it is about Paddy. There's no line. He doesn't have a line. And, you know, you can push him around, kick him around. You can stand out over him. But I think it, the pocket is where Paddy's going to freak out. And the cost yeah. of living type of thing like that. And um, we're, we're coming there. Like we're, we're overdue a recession by about three years. According to, I think we're meant to have one every seven or eight years or into the 11th year or something I don't know but you know the economy thing I think that's where people are going to start getting pissed off but like that's what they say the, rem the remedy to like bad speech is good speech do you know what I mean you, yeah. you keep the dialogue speech, there yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. you yeah. don't drive it underground you know yeah. it is it's to chuck them what they're that, doing exactly like what you said there when you drive when you drive that underground that's 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 when you that's when it all goes down I tell you I want to know what someone like Jerry Harkin thinks of me. I want to know when Senator Jerry Harkin stands up in the Shannon and says, I want the unvaccinated not to be allowed into, into a supermarket to buy food. I want to yeah. know exactly what he thinks of me. And I want to know when Carl Crow says the same thing, what he thinks of me. I, I don't want anything to be classified as hate at all, because at least when you know what your political opposition knows about you, you can act on that information. But again... Imagine we didn't know they wanted to keep us out of supermarkets, you know, and, and we kept voting them in and they kept creating policies that denied us our freedom. Imagine that. Like, I, I, I just this hate stuff is going to lead us all to a bad place. Well, you see, they have the majority eating out of the palm of pants, and that's a scary thing. Like they have control of the media. If you put a message out often enough, people have started believing and going along with it. And a lot of Irish people they don't like to stick their head above the the rail or whatever. And it will say they kind of they all, everyone puts their finger to the wind and whatever they believe, the neighbours believe, they believe. And there's no yeah. like before I suppose they would have had the Catholic Church, it would have would have had some kind of touchstone of a higher calling or a morality or something outside the state. And I know the Hayek fella that wrote that book about the road to serfdom. And that's what he says, like you said, when you get these societies, you know, when they want to create, to, to make the most amount of people happy, you have to descend to the lowest common denominator. And we just have, it's just like, I don't know, some kind of China, like most people are completely unaware and it, it's like an in-group and an out-group and I don't know where it's all going to end, but I'm hoping that with recession and stuff like that, the people will get angry. Because I remember the last, when the Celtic Tiger collapsed, Remember the Grey Army march and they took a fiver off their pension or something, they were up in arms and you had the meter fairies pulling the water meters up out of the ground and all this. So there is, I just don't know what it's going to say, but I'm hoping. You know. what, 
what worries about or what I worry about with this uh we'll say this even the financial situation we happen to be in now it it appears to me the vast majority of people do think that the Ukraine war is the sole issue with the financial situation we're in now and they don't understand for a second that if you lock down a country for two years it's going to have a knock on effect and we were seeing it from the start really like you know what I mean like you know mm. uh, what do you do but like I in a way we'd say over the two years with the COVID thing and I remember one of the first things I said when I um I was still in the army at this stage actually uh, I got I got pulled in over this video but it, it was it was under a different account but I I basically said that even if I agreed with the measures the government were taking, you know, mask up, get the jab, stand two meters apart. I said, even if I agreed with it, I still wouldn't like them to put it into law and impose it on people who didn't agree with it. But, like, I, I, I get it, absolutely understand it, that over the last two years, a lot of people were coerced. And if they didn't wear the mask, you know, either... Either they didn't want the confrontation or they were going to punch the head of someone if they were asked for the medical details or they were going to lose their job. There was coercion at, at a level that we've never witnessed in, in, in this country since, since the Brits left. So I, I'm very sympathetic. People, especially oh, the elderly. Terrified. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And even to this day, I still see people walking around with those masks, the cloth masks that literally don't help you. And I really do sympathize with them. But... I suppose in my own mind, I do wish that people could have said, you know, we're not children. We can we can do this without the laws, the punishments and the fines um, and, you know, stop treating us like babies. But no, I, I, I actually read the Dahl debates as well when they were formulating the Health Preservation Act. And when every TD stood up in the Dahl, they started off all their speeches by saying, isn't it great how well the Irish people are doing? Aren't they fantastic putting their shoulder to the wheel? Now, let's make sure they keep doing it by creating laws with punishments and fines for anyone who disagrees with us. So in one breath they were saying, aren't we great? And then in the other breath they're saying, if they don't keep it up, we'll fuck them in jail. It's scandalous to me. Absolutely scandalous. To be fair, like, I, I, co- I found it like a big mocking ritual because were first it was master good, then master no good. Oh, and then the, ten, the ten euro or the pint with a 10 euro meal. And it just felt, felt like ritual humiliation. He had the guards dancing all over different viral videos, this whole shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. But I do think in the end, when, when he started talking about mandating, I mean, he said that uh, Michal Martin says, Neffet now are reviewing to, to, you know, to, to mandate them. People got really angry. Because they're, they, yeah, they yeah. are Irish people are very good natured, and they're like they're like hold on now we're doing everything what do you mean you're going to mandate them like triple jab whatever people they're like they're cheeky them like we we we're doing everything you you wanted like they must have ninety percent compliance at that stage yeah. and people got really pissed off over it like what do you mean you're you're thinking a man like Neffe are are talking about mandating these these jabs so we we done everything you want and people actually were getting to they kind of pissed people off he backpedaled yeah. about two weeks after or three weeks I, after. I, I, I'm I'm of the opinion that I I'd say it's 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 probably fair to say that those politicians, particularly the the guys in the cabinet, I don't think that they really have an appreciation for how genuinely close it came to their lives being in in genuine danger. I I truly believe that. 
Like there was a there was serious talk, and as far as I'm concerned, they, they have they have. No, I, I think I said in the video as well. I said you just they literally cut it off just in time, because man, they were pushing. For, imagine that two straight years of having your sanity chipped away and chipped away and being confronted daily and having strangers looking for your medical records and not being allowed to go into the pub or not being allowed to do anything, can't visit your family in a nursing home. The, the level of pure and total restriction, even the inviolability of your home, you're not, lo- you're not allowed to have this person from that household in. You can't leave more than two or five K, whatever it happened to be. And then right at the end of those two years, with the harshest lockdown in Europe as well, right at the end they were saying, now, let's mandate it. I don't think they have an appreciation for how close they came to being lynched. I truly believe yeah. it. I think they have Us no on idea. on this channel, we were prepping. Sure, I have food stored up. I have nearly a year's worth of food. Uh, we were, like, it was really touch and go to that point. Uh, we were been on these chats. It was like, a, it was like a, it was like a, not a, it was like a group for, keeping each other's spirits up because we yeah, were, yeah. you couldn't speak to your family about it. You can't speak to anyone about it. Most people were yeah. just parroting off government narratives they didn't see the problem with. And it's very hard to respect people like that. Like, if you don't care about your bodily autonomy, I said it, if that was uh, water in those jabs, I would have said, no, I'm not taking them. How dare they yeah. tell? Like, I, I was freaking out before this thing landed. I was looking at them building these hospitals in China and X, Y, and Z, and I was yeah. genuinely worried. I was telling my friends, Jesus, what the hell's going on there in China? Like, we're in for a big trouble here. Ah, uh, you're looking into things too much. This is the shite. You're looking into things too much. I was get used to be getting an itis, James. I won't be fucking saying that in two or three weeks, then we're all locked down. Surely, to be told, we're locked down in the three weeks, and then it's, ah, uh, whatever. But, like, you couldn't have a conversation with anybody. So I think on these chats and stuff, we all come on here, at least you're with like-minded people. But honest to yeah. God, we, we most of us here had food stored up, generators bought, uh, people were getting gun licenses for shooting, they're going for hunting and stuff. People were freaking out. And honest to God, we were sure that they were going to, that we, it was touch and go there for a while, that they weren't going to put yeah. us in internment yeah. camps. They're building them in Canada, building them in Australia. We're watching all yeah. this. Yeah. And just to add to it as well, they just heap the fear porn on. They're talking about blackouts then. So all this time last year, all last summer, not this summer, last summer, blackouts. We might have blackouts. You know what I mean? This kind of thing. They're just not but hype and fear on top of us through the whole thing between jabs, potential blackouts. I don't know. <laughs> like it was mental. Oh, well, like that. Yeah, right, just, just like it, that. It, it, it was absolutely relentless. I, I, I. I I often know when you're in history class, I like I've often heard the word propaganda, but it never really meant anything to me until I lived through the the health preservation bullshit. Like the word propaganda, I have a whole new appreciation for that word now because I couldn't even listen to the radio. I couldn't have the radio on. There was yellow signs everywhere. There was fucking footprints on the ground you had to stand on. It was it was absolutely amazing and man did it cost us billions it cost us absolute billions and there's people again saying yeah the problem with the old crisis there now the financial crisis is ukraine not thinking about what we just came through over the last two years but just just like yourself and probably people listening as well like i was kind of moved in straight away as the black sheep of the family like you know and People were telling me, like, would you not just get the old jab? And I was trying to tell them that, like, 
for my 21 years in the army, I used to call it an anti-vaxxer, like 21 years in the army, I took 36 vaccines and inoculations while I was in the army. I volunteered myself to take them. But this was the first ever vaccine, again, in the history, probably of the world, where your freedom actually depended on it. And, I, and the fact that people weren't actually insulted by that concept in its own right, it blew my mind. Just blew my mind that people yeah. weren't genuinely yeah, insulted. A subscription, a subscription service. And like you, you've to, to, put yeah. all your blind faith in the government. Yet that means that you've given up the right to your body going forward and they can jab whatever the hell they like into your body or you can't live yeah. your life free. Am I the only person that thinks that's insane? I know they didn't uh, give a shot at her. And, and I, I did, we, a lot of us got very angry with the general public and with our friends and family. Because, and if you ever looked at the Gulag Archipelago or any of these things, they would have cheered us off and dragged off and put in a van ash or they should have got it. Ash or oh, All man, you had to do was take the old jab. They would have fucking waved us yeah. off and dragged off. Into absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And what I find funny as well, you know, when you actually, when you try to explain to an individual that literally their behaviour is mirroring what took place in the 20th century in, in, in atrocities, like, they, they just take away, you fool. And this, again, the same guys, they, they would actually walk into the gas chamber themselves and complain that you weren't following. That's how, yeah. that's how bad it got, like, you know. But, it, but again, like, I was in Bale in the Blaw there now, Sunday, for, the, for the Michael Collins' uh, the 100-year the anniversary. And when, my, when Michal Martin came out, a crowd of thousands started to clap for him. And I, and I can't get... And fair play to the small group of protesters as well that let it be known that there's still people in Ireland that think you're a prick. But again, even after all the madness and the freedom, your, your, your constitutional rights and your freedom being, being torn away for a flu... That I think I read recently only 183 people died who didn't have underlying conditions. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, it's not that those of us on this side are geniuses. We're not. We're, we literally just read the plain English in the data in front of us and we put two and two together and we said, Is my freedom worth? Absolutely. Honestly, God. I wanted to is, is, know what was my risk? What was the kids' risk? You know, yes. what's the kids' fatality rate? How likely I might end up in hospital? And very quickly, after the initial shock, you know, maybe a month or two into it, I had, that's all I wanted to know is, what's my risk of death? What's the kid's risk of death? And it was very apparent early on that there was very little to no risk. And the jabs didn't come out for eight months. And it was nearly like a mocking ritual because anyone with a brain knew that we didn't need the jabs because we'd lived our lives. Most people didn't respect the restrictions, like, you know, to the letter of the law. We'd all been mixing in between our houses, this, that, and the other. The jab then... Well, if you don't take this, you can't get your freedom back. I was looking at people, and you know we don't need it. We're living here last day. What are you talking about? Uh, I won't be allowed to go yeah. to the pub. I won't be. You're a man of forty-five years of age talking to me like we're thirteen going to a disco. I won't be allowed to go to the pub. I have to say though, I really do have to say that anybody, and I, and I genuinely mean this. I, 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 I can't express how much respect and admiration I have for anyone who didn't succumb to the bullshit over the two years. And my God, that, that, that was a genuine physical and mental struggle. It was, it was the most monumental struggle that anybody could, could probably 
physically and emotionally bare. And anyone, again, that, that managed to get through the two years, you know, w- without submitting. And, and, you know, even converse to that, anybody who actually took the vaccine and wore the mask and still protested, I have respect for them too, mind you. But, but fair play to everybody who did oppose it and stood their ground because that, uh, that, 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 that would have broke a lot of people, you know. And, yeah, well, I remember oh, difference, though, Absolutely. That, it, it was absolutely. Intense. And to be honest with you, Mike, we're, we're like, I, I just I wanted to ask you as well, like, are we ever going to see remedy or what the hell's going to happen? But like, well, that's what some of us like, you can't move on. Like, no one's ever said sorry. Like, no one's ever acknowledged what they've done to us. Like, yeah. like and it, we, we should, we deserve compensation. I'm not saying we should get, uh, I'm not going down that rope. I'm saying we, we, a sorry, an acknowledgement. Yeah. Like, we're still kind of left there. <laughs> I'm still living in March of 2020. And, and I'm not going to lie, I, I, I won't express what I want live on, on this camera, to be honest with you, because <laughs> no, I, no. I, want, I want something that's valuable to me personally, and, and I'm not going to move on. Now, and I'm, and I'm, I feel somewhat lucky that I'm only 39, and hopefully I'll have a handful of decades, because no fucking way are, are they going to just walk away from this shit. And no, justice has to be done, and I, and I mean that true legal channels. Like, it's well, a crime. I don't care how many people don't want to believe that it's a crime, or how many people are delusional. The, the right is right, and wrong is wrong, and the truth's the truth, and it doesn't matter. It, this is I, the, the biggest crime I against humanity, agree. I think, since, since World War Two. That is a fact. I absolutely and I agree. hope and I pray it will come out to, to light eventually. Yeah. Well, I tell you. The, in my humble opinion, again, you'd want to be a fool, really, to deny the, the objective fact that the government literally used coercion through legislation where if you did not comply with their way, you went to prison or you were fined. That is literally, that, that's what coercion is about. Do what you're told or else. That's what they said. You There's know what I mean? You didn't need. You didn't need it. Like, as I said, they're treating us like children. You can see the, the case fatality, your, your risk of going to a hospital. Who died from COVID? 83-year-olds. Every death is tragic. Don't get me wrong. But most of the deaths were above the average life expectancy level. So yeah. I'm not. every life is important. I'm not saying that. But I was saying, like, going along with what the Great Barrington Declaration and people like that were saying, we should have looked after the elderly. You know, right, yeah. cocoon the elderly. Let, let get the herd immunity. Let people live their lives. Protect the elderly as much as we can. Yeah. No, that that was the rational thing. What was really hard is that yeah. none of it made sense. Everything was upside down, completely uncalled for. And that's why, as yeah. well as all the conspiracies, you talk about conspiracy theorists. Your mind goes to conspiracy when it doesn't make. Forbes magazine comes and you know, don't read scientific articles. Like you won't be able to read that. Like that's not for you to be reading. Like basic <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh my Luke O'Neill is a genuine clown like if 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 anybody has been watching Luke O'Neill from the start right up to the time Neffet was disbanded and all this bullshit was put away he has changed his mind on Everton twice you know what i mean like these people didn't know no more than the man in the moon from the beginning what was going on but just like what you're saying with the elderly, like, I, I think I, I, one of the earliest things I wrote as well was um, we should help those that want to be helped, you know, not impose our help on them. Like, yeah. my, if you have a grandmother that wants to enjoy the last few days of her freedom the way she wants, 
who, like, in my opinion, who am I to tell her no? As much as I love her, you should live and die on your own terms. That's that's what freedom means to me personally. So I mm. wouldn't like. It's very easy to keep people safe. Like, if I wanted to keep you safe, I could fuck you into a padded room and fi- fill you with calories and water every day till you're ninety three, and you'd be safe. You mightn't be happy, but you'll be safe. But when people use this term safe, safe, safe is a very it's, it's a dangerous word to use, no more than the word hate, because in or, if, if somebody is in charge of your safety, well, then they get to determine how to keep you safe. You know, just like, again, if somebody's in charge of creating hate crime or hate speech legislation, they get to determine what the word hate means. And especially with a term like, like I mightn't agree with what safety means. I mightn't agree what hate means. But I'm, I'm one of those guys personally that thinks, you know, the government should be small enough so that it has a very minimal impact on, on, on the citizenry. But it seems, again, in this country that every time we have a problem, no matter how big or how small, we're, we're begging the Taoiseach to sort it out instead of trying to fix it ourselves. I think that's, I think that's where there's going to be the biggest, as Thomas Sheridan says, the biggest education ever. Because the whole thing is absolutely saying trust the science and all this. Like, it was nearly like a cult. Yeah, and, well, it was. Absolutely. And I don't yeah. wish bad, bad forbid my own my own mother took it, my sisters took it and all of that. But in my mind, I just can't see this being working out for everyone. I, I, I hope nothing bad happens to them. But it was just so wrong on so many different levels. Who, the last person you trust, you don't put your whole life and who really stop it's mental like you literally sign away the rights to your body the government can jab an experimental technology into you whenever they like or you can't live your life and everyone seemed to be okay 90 percent of the country were, were okay with that like yeah yeah like i i i i tend to look at policy in a very narrow way either either the policy that they that they've brought in either it gives me more freedom or it gives me less freedom i think it's it's such a simple, narrow way to view it that you you probably can't go wrong because you know again I I'm not a genius so I have to kind of dumb it all down for myself, but I can't think of a policy that has been enacted or pursued over the last two years that seeks to give me more freedom. Everything that seems to be coming out seems seems to be taking away my freedom. And Helen McEntee again in the next probably a couple of weeks now at this stage, talking about hate crime laws and hate speech legislation. But, but if you if you listen, I, I threw up in one of my videos there, Roderick O'Gorman. Roderick O'Gorman is pride movement insane. I've nothing against people and their sexualities, but the pride movement is not a person. It's a political machine that is trying to push a particular ideology on the citizenry. So, when, and I don't mind, people can call me homophobic all the like. You can't be homophobic against a political movement. It's a, a movement isn't a person. Just like Islam is a set of ideas, it's not a person. So they incorrectly label you, mind you. But just to go back to Roderick O'Gorman, that fella celebrates the idea that if a gay person gets a punch in the face, that the person who did it now is going to get more time in prison. Now, I'll just throw it out there, right? Where do you get a punch in the face? Because you're gay, because you're black, or because it's a Tuesday evening and you have a, 
and you have a face that I don't like, it's still a punch in the face. You're not punishing yeah. what he thought before he punched you. You're punishing the fact that you were punched. But what this hate crime legislation is going to do, it's going to take into account if you happen to be a gay man, if you happen to be a black, if you happen to be some sort of an identity, a minority identity, Protected and then what they're going to do... Absolutely. It? It's an uneven... If, if you mess with society by making justice serve an unequal purpose, you're after destroying the whole society completely. Justice is one of the, is one of the pillars of any society. And if you're in a society that promotes and fights for unequal justice because you just happen to have a particular skin color or you just happen to like men or whatever the story may be, you're after destroying the entire foundation of a society. And this is what Helen McEntee wants to bring in and people like Roderick O'Gorman and God knows how many other politicians think it's a fantastic idea. I, I don't get where the, it's it's Marxist in its nature. It's, it's from the US, is it? The global oh, from totally. the US or something? Because I know Peterson came out against it, and uh, Brett Weinstein, and, and uh, it's like yeah. you know, equality of outcome versus equality or equal opportunity. So yes. you know, everyone has an equal opportunity and the best rise to the top. But equality of outcome then is well, you're a, a protected class, so I have to. I would the board of directors on that company. Five percent of them have to be from a minority or from whatever protected yeah. class that it, that they decide that go you know the fad of the day, and then you're not getting the best people into those positions. You you know I think that, that's the idea, and it's it is it's ridiculous, and it works both ways. It's not about left and right or anything like that. In America, they have there's a lot of Asians. They call them say Chinese, Japanese rebels. They're getting the most favored uh, places for these high uh, educational roles and whatever. And so it's not you know. That's it. Well, they're the cleverest. Well, that's the, yeah. what can you do? Like, there, but no, they really want to discriminate. There, there's one area that I would offer uh, a legal protection for, and, and it's, it's, it's protection for people who have a, a particular political position. It's, it's, it's essentially protection to have your own thoughts and opinions without, it, without being discriminated against. And I, I'll give you an example. The, it, it, at least it seems to me the further left you are in this country, the more protected your job seems to be, which I don't understand. Yet if you, if you express publicly a position that, you know, awful lot of refugees coming in and, and you know, I don't agree with the government policy of having it uncapped. and the go Like if you, if you essentially express a, an opinion against the status quo, you may actually lose your job. You may be yeah. the best guy in the world at your job, but because you expressed an opinion, it's happening in, in England the whole time, actually, where nurses are saying, you know, I don't agree with this gender shit, and they're losing their jobs. They could have been the so best nurse on the face of the earth. Absolutely. They're totalitarians. Absolutely. We have people on this chat, chat that they organize um, events there for public speaking and stuff like that. This chat is not affiliated to any, any, uh, any political party or anything like that. You're talking about housewives, concerned citizens, and people are ringing their jobs. And yeah, yeah. or whatever you want to call them, pieces of shit is what I call them. Yeah, yeah. But ringing them, cancelling the venues before that. Like, they're cancelling free speech. These aren't rallies for the right. They're not, you know what I mean? They're literally non-aligned, non-affiliated, um, about economics, maybe digital currency, maybe about, you know, the turf. Just public meetings. Yeah. And they are going out of the way to try and get these people fired. Now, thankfully, no one's been fired. But they have had their jobs, their bosses rang. The, the phone hopping off the hook, 
yeah. and venues cancelled before that the venues uh, kick off. So I don't know why it's 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 very concerning. As I, a citizen, any any right-minded person would be very concerned. Exactly, uh, any reasonable individual. Uh, but again, like I get a kick out of this crowd. Um, Ireland against fascism. My God, I love their page. They're so. I'm not joking with you, and it's not because they're dickheads. They're actually the dumbest bastards in the country. And I have, I've often pointed out in my videos that fascism came to Ireland when the government merged their power with the private corporations of Ireland and told and told private enterprise, "You're going to behave a certain way." Because they're going to meet our agenda. That, that was li- that is literally Benito Mussolini's definition of fascism. But no, the fucking fools. <laughs> the absolute yeah, they're calling fascists, but they are fascists. This is oh the whole thing. So they are the definition of fascist while pointing it, the finger at everybody else. It, it is absolutely thing. hilarious. It's so <laughs> hilarious to me. And I, I, I love, I, I, you know, I get so much entertainment. You know, nine times, I'm sorry now, I get a, I'm excited there now because I love pulling the piss out of these guys. But I, for every time I'm thrown off Twitter, I'll make another page. I need to see what these people are saying because I, I laugh my whole off. Hour by hour, I laugh at the stuff they put up. And they haven't, every time you ask one of those guys here at uh, Ireland Against Fascism, I have a question for you. What must a person believe or do to qualify as a fascist? Yeah, they, can, they cannot, for the life of them, answer it. What they'll do is they'll, they'll, they'll put up a screenshot of some bullshit that, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we got you there, pal. It's so funny to me. <laughs> it, it, you'd laugh or you'd cry because, like, we were, and this is what I noticed with this whole thing as well, like, I felt like we were cast to the wolves. Like, I would have been kind of against the abortion thing. And I just not, like, I wouldn't even go mad complaining against it. But you put out your views, say, on Facebook or whatever else. But there seemed to be a bit of a, a dualism there. You had money had been spent on both sides. You could see there was a campaign for, there was a campaign against. You had kind of a bit of, not that, you just feel like there was a balance within the whole thing. I just felt yeah, with the yeah. COVID thing, it felt like we were just thrown to the wolves. And there was no... You were just left there to be potentially put into a camp and whatever. But them, yeah. them guys are the absolute definition of uh, the fascist. And you know they're funded. You got that Mark Malone fella. You've got uh, oh, Eva Gallagher. Absolutely. Yeah. They are getting big money. Like these boys yeah. are. I think that Mark Malone some awesome. I see on his thing. I looked into that. That's open source intelligence gathering. So he's a freelancer, probably been paid by the government. And they're yeah. casting aspersions, throwing stones at concerned citizens, at housewives. At, yeah. at, there's no far, what, where's the far right they're still looking for the far right what's the under the plant the front <laughs> <laughs> I tell you I look forward to the day that they can eventually uh, they can eventually uh, define it but I, yeah. I, I would I swear to God I'd love to sit down face to like face to face with any one of those leftists and any TD mind you I tell you I have a particular hard on for that dickhead down in Clare Carl Crow. I'd love to sit face to face with Carl Crow and absolutely dig in. I know it. That fella is—he's a—he's literally a fraud. That's what he is. He's a fraud. And I'd say I could expose them in thirty seconds. They're all frauds, every one of them. Mm-hmm. Like the, the only people with any real passion, at least that I've met over the last two years, are on the side of freedom, are on the side of bodily autonomy, 
are on the side of freedom of expression, are on the side of your right to express dissent. That's the, they're the only passionate people that I've met. And, and again, I'm delighted to have met so many of them. And, and I've met an awful lot. Of, I've got an awful lot of new friends over the last two years. And I, I travel the length and breadth of the country to meet them for cans. Like, you know, it's great. I'm delighted. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm the same way. I think we know a lot. I used to have pin out the Xbox and stuff or watch a few movies to chill out. When this kicked off, it was like fight or flight mode. It's like the Germans yeah. are coming over, you know, the, 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 the hill in front. And I couldn't, you couldn't play a game or watch a film. And I, it would just consume me all being. I set up this channel and I set up a couple of other channels. I was trying to put like yourself on Twitter and stuff. Just trying to, because I knew, I could see RTR telling the people the truth. And you're, you're trying to push back in the best way you could. But it just consumed yeah. most of my time for two years. Because it was like fight or flight. Like these people are coming to get us. Like what the hell, the sky's falling down. Do you know this kind of thing? And, and, and I couldn't, yeah. it, it did just put this sword between people or this division that I couldn't, I didn't have any time for it. I couldn't sit around and have a few beers with a lad. And you ask about the jab and, and he doesn't care. You want to talk about soccer or something Netflix. I just had no respect for that type of person. It was too serious yeah. of a situation. If you didn't care about your body, bodily economy, you didn't care about your freedom, I couldn't be in their company for any extended period of time. And then we ended yeah. up online here. And it was like a support group. That's what I want to say there. They're all chatting. Yeah, but that's, you're right. And you know, it says an awful lot again about those of us on the side of freedom where we were, we were willing to, you know, make a bond with people. And again, I'm, I'm very lucky that me and Tracy hold the same views for the most part. I, I don't know how many families were ruined over the last two years. Yeah, yeah my, we have a few lads on this, like their, their marriages are gone, their children's gone, the wives, That's the wives were threatening to jab the children. And he and he, like we were trying to talk them down, you know, like the kids aren't, you know, they're not giving them to that age group. And the poor, I'd say there was suicides. I don't know of any, but I'd say there yeah, was yeah. suicide. But I can tell you I, for a fact, there's three or four men on this channel that they lost their wives and, and their children yeah. over. If the wife wanted to get jabbed and they didn't. And it's, evil it's twisted what went yeah. on and there's no there's no point I, being around the bush yeah i tell you i've i've um i've recently as well well over the two years i've met a couple of doctors as well i have to say especially in this country the the medical council seemed to be a very not a nice bunch let's say and they put an awful lot of pressure on doctors who didn't agree with the narrative and at the end of the day too like the process of science is to explore every single avenue possible to see where it leads and to falsify the evidence. Like, unless the evidence, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Now, a few doctors have been under an awful lot of scrutiny and have had their reputations tarnished and have, and have done their best to push back as well. And, you know, I have an awful lot of respect for, for anybody, again, that spoke out publicly or, or, or confronted even privately individuals because it wasn't easy. And again, I, I've no doubt that I, I, I suspect every single one of us still haven't moved on from the suffering caused. No, and, that's and to what be I'm honest, saying to you. Yeah, and nor should we move on. And there's no yeah. closure until there's, until there's one acknowledgement that we were right, which we were right. And I don't care what yes. anyone says. Like, well, the, it's been the evidence is in. Yeah, the yeah, evidence is 100%. in. 100%. They're dodgy vaccines, you know what I mean? They're, they're mRNA technology, gene therapy never yeah. been used on man, woman, or child. There are no long-term studies and, and, and a metaphorical or whatever gun put to our head to take it. And it yeah. was, 
It was fucking heavy stuff. Heavy, heavy stuff. You know what I mean? It's ignorance is bliss. Well, I tell you, 90% of the country <laughs> were living in bliss for the last three years. Jesus. Oh. I have telling you. Well, we opened it up, Mike, to the, to the floor and let a few in, just Yo, so we're not going on all night. Yeah. We'll, um, see how, we'll see how many people hate me. Ah, yeah, but sure, look, we'll, we'll keep it as PC as we can. Lads, admins there, if any you want any questions, uh, pipe up now and then open up if anyone's waving their hand. Let them in, and if they start any tirades of abuse, cut them off and throw them out. I don't, we don't keep it. You can ask whatever you like, but just be respectful. Right, nice one, lad. I got one there, Mike. Yeah, first of all, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Just a quick one. Uh, this is just your own opinion, like everyone has their own take on this. But with respect to the leadership, the government in power of the day, and the yeah. organs of state, obviously, that they used to, to do this, who do you fo- find more cul- culpable like, in terms of the media versus the government? Do you think that like they're as culpable, or because they, they seem to do more damage than the leadership? They seem like a Gemma Doherty has once said that that's where the real power resides in this country is in yeah. RT headquarters. Do you agree with I, that? I, I I would say that. Yeah, I I think uh, the the legislation was bad enough, but if it wasn't for that relentless media propaganda, and I mean I use the term relentless because I, I don't know a more powerful word to describe. How in your face the media were, were just solidly pushing this narrative. I, the only people that I knew of um, that were willing to ask difficult questions were people who were not mainstream. But absolutely, I, I, think, I think the media are, are as much involved in this catastrophe as the government themselves. And again, and the NGOs and the various institutions, the army, the Gardaí. They're all they're all complicit, as far as I'm concerned. There was there was no meaningful questioning or pushback at all that I can remember from the media. Nothing whatsoever. So I would I would absolutely put them all in the same boat. To be honest with you, I think they've behaved so immorally that I there isn't a prison big enough. There isn't a gulag big enough for them all for what they've done. I really believe it. There, Bobby. Will you let in um, Liam there if he wanted to say something? Liam Heffernan or Liam? Oh, sorry, I'm not great on the IP Irish. It's uh, oh, oh, <clears throat> but um, yeah, no fair play, Mike, and everything you're doing, fucking savage crack. Um, yeah, just my question was about uh, the collapse of the the blood fellow that uh, fainted or whatever. It doesn't seem to me that they've uh, written anything about it since, or you mentioned it, but um. Looking back over the video, it really does look like it's the same guy that like falls over that's standing up again. And like I'm just thinking, like you know, protocol if you're a soldier, one the way that the other uh, soldiers didn't react to him clapping, and the other two guys had to come running out. And then yeah. the fact that he just fainted, like would he be allowed to be just lifted up and left there with his assault rifle? I I tell you, I this is this is something that always bothered me actually about the army is. Anytime there's a ceremony like that that's going to take place, the officers uh, working with the sergeant major, they don't essentially value the soldiers who are about to participate in the ceremony. So what they did on the day was they put those soldiers out there a half an hour before everything started, wearing their number one uniform, which is very heavy. And they essentially kept them there for an hour, probably an hour and 40 minutes in that sun holding a three-kilogram rifle, over three kilos, without moving. 
And th that stresses the body out very quickly. But um, the soldier who fell, it, it was likely the case, and it, it's typical, where the, uh, where the sergeant major or, the, or whatever superior officer involved designated that should somebody fall, two guys will be left to one side to swoop in and literally just drag them away. That's, that's literally how callous it is. That's how much they don't give a shit, mind you. So when your man danced the funky chicken and hit the deck, would you believe the corporal who stood to the right on the screen who moved was technically in the wrong? Technically in the wrong. And it, possibly, he was possibly pulled to one side at the end of the day and told you shouldn't have moved. But this is the military mentality. They, they just, there's, there's, there's very much a kind of a lack of respect for the soldier and his well-being when it comes to these ceremonies. They're really, really only interested in how well it, it looks on the day, how well it's perceived by the public. And I did, I had an awful problem with, um, with the fact that they were standing there for so long and the fact that, again, long enough so that a guy fainted. But what likely happened then, when they brought him away, they probably would have undressed him, gave him water, gave him a few electrolytes and probably pulled the piss out of him. That's more than likely what happened, mind you. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't actually see if anyone had a shot from like straight on for the whole thing, because all I saw was the RTE uh, thing, like where they yeah. panned away. But uh, it looked like it was yeah. actually the same guy. Mike, like... a question. Sorry, yeah. Hi, Mike. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, who who would you rate as the young officers in the Irish Army now? Would you rate any of them coming forward as leaders or what's the state of the Irish Army today? I I tell you, before I left, there was a couple of young lieutenants coming through that did, I, I was proud to work with them. And they seemed happy to learn from people, even though they were their... Um, their inferior rank, we'll say. But at least it seems to me that something seems to take place in the army. That the further you go up in rank, the more you're willing to be less opinionated and go with the flow. Because I had a discussion with my commanding officer um, during the pandemic. And I basically told him when he tried to make me stop speaking my mind, I basically told them that I can make a reasonable case to suggest that you're breaking your oath. And his answer to me was practically word for word. He said, Mick, I'm selfish and lazy and I want this problem off my desk. Now, I think the fact that we went through the entire pandemic with soldiers standing outside quarantine hotels without any real pushback from inside the ranks, should probably tell us all we need to know. And even before that, when the Irish soldiers marched in the Pride Parade in 2018, and the reason I have an issue with that is you're not supposed to march for any kind of a movement in uniform, unless it's St. Patrick's Day or it's a, it's a national celebration, that's one thing. But Pride is not only a march for human rights, it's a political movement. So when we marched in that parade, as far as I'm concerned, all involved broke military law. And again, there was very little pushback from the senior ranks uh, in the defense forces at the time. And just to make it worse, 
the um, the senior man at the time, Mark Mellet, the uh, chief of staff who marched in that first parade, has been replaced by a fella called Sean Clancy, who's now the uh, chief of staff. And he also marched alongside him, holding the same banner. So it, it appears to me that the Irish army is losing its soldiers and they're being replaced with state employees. That, that's how I would view it. I hope that answers your question. Thanks, thanks, Mike. I'm the one that actually approached you to come on here. Um, thanks so much for appearing on here. Really appreciate it. Lovely. Thank you. How, how are you, Mike? Oh, yeah. Thanks for your work. I, I love you. I love your videos, by the way, and, and great work. But I have a question now. You only touched on Ukraine here tonight, basically, just just in passing, basically. But um, I wanted to ask you about like what you think about the origin of the of the COVID, right? Because mm. a lot of emphasis is being put on China, for example, that like okay, China is the source. But we seem to have kind of like quite a bit of evidence which sort of indicates that the actual original work kind of originated in America and was yeah. done by the Department of Defense in America in certain in certain locations. Now, I'm coming back to Ukraine. How do you think all these bio labs are sort of like playing or do you actually, is, is this on your radar at all about how these bio labs in Ukraine are sort of like playing into this whole sort of like global sort of like weird picture about what's going on right now and, and sort of tie it into the, the pandemic like you know with the stolen election and all this sort of bullshit that's been going on um, just yeah. uh, your thoughts on that if you, if you have any well I, I I fully believe that um Fauci has an awful lot to answer for with regards to the origin of COVID and the uh, and and the money essentially that was put into it and um, as for Ukraine I'm not going to lie to you. I have developed such an obsession with what's taken place in Ireland that I've, I have tunnel vision, essentially. And what's, what's taken place in Ukraine and, and Russia, I'm not going to lie. I'm very much out of the loop. All I can say, really, about that entire scenario is that the government have dedicated them to themselves to fulfilling a policy of allowing an uncapped number of people into the country. I, I do take issue with that. And I don't, when it comes to the refugees, I don't blame anybody wanting to come to Ireland. And I'll tell you why. Because our government, again, the source of the problem, have promised basically all people at this stage, the way I see it, have, have promised everybody a PPS number, medical attention, a house, they've, they've essentially promised them anything and everything. So, but as, as, as it goes for biolabs and stuff like that, I, I can't touch on it because I really haven't a clue. I'm, I'm very much focused on what's taking place here at home and, and how, how we're being affected by what's taking place. Okay, thanks, Mike. Cheers. Thanks. Mike, uh, just dive in there. Uh, for, uh, I served myself. Um, I spoke Lovely. With you. Over a dozen times on uh, YouTube, I used to handle CJYT. Oh, Which, yeah, yeah, fair play. Just uh, just send my love to yourself and Tracy. I hope you're keeping well. And, uh, keep Absolutely. God bless nice you. Nice one. Thanks very much.
Mike, I'm just going to jump in again. I'm going to hog the floor again. I'm just wondering, <laughs> what do you see this winter? What do you see coming this winter? Yeah, I'm... I was initially worried about uh, the fuel shortage situation maybe getting worse and food, both both fuel and food. But And, and to be honest with you, I, I'm going to expect the worst. And probably many listeners are probably the same where we've, I know I have myself and Tracy, we've gathered food, food for ourselves, food for the pets, uh, whatever fuel that we were able to afford at the time, batteries, supplies. I'm just, I'm playing the game of expect the worst. And if, if, if it improves, it improves. But I'm definitely prepared for, for something insane to take place. And at least if, if it's there, you won't be looking for it. And, and I would probably encourage a lot of people to, um, to prepare. Uh, and even in the last year as well, we've, We've, we've kind of set up a little area in the garden as well where we're growing a bit of veg and stuff like that. Um, and it, it seems to be working out for us as well. So we're getting, we're getting better with, the, uh, with, with growing our own food. And we have plenty of rice, pasta, tinned foods and, and stuff to that effect um, for, for consumption. And we've also taken into account that we have uh, two very mean Doberman as well. Can, can, can I can I chime in again? Is it all right? Yeah, sure. Um, basically, a, a lot of the really good um, virologists, like 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 you get Fanden Bosch's and and the likes, they're, they're getting extremely worried now for people who have been jabbed. And and I think I'm kind of like getting to that point now myself where I, I actually am worried about loved ones and, and people I care about. I, I don't generally bother about the general population anymore because they had a choice to, to take or not to take. Like, But um, have, have you found anything in your – like how are you feeling about like what may be coming this winter virus-wise and, 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 and the um, immune status of our – yeah. weakened uh, loved ones. Yeah. Well, I, I'm i led to believe that those who took that vaccine have essentially stopped their immune system from functioning properly, that their immune system is stuck in one mode. So time will really only tell if the immune system will actually work as nature intended it to work like, you know, I, I couldn't imagine really taking a concoction that dictates how my immune response should work for, it seems, for a long period of time. Like, it's not just myocarditis and people just dropping out of nowhere, sudden death. I, I do genuinely worry about people who, who may very well have a type of immune system that is incapable of responding to a threat outside something that resembles COVID. So I think, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I think your, uh, your concerns have, have a lot of merit behind it. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. No, sorry, Jerry, scientist, but, um, yeah, sorry. Sorry, Jerry, about Irish. Tom in there. Yeah, sorry, Jerry, about Irish. That's where I'd be more big. 
this is where we live, this, this is our country, this, this is the basis of what, where, where we're living. Like, you know, outside concern, poverty, all the rest of it. Yeah, sure, we can all have our opinions about it. But what, uh, what needs to be done is underground movement. And how does it, or what would be your concerns about being monitored? As Santorino uh, pointed out with the undercover cops just taking pictures, wherever that uh, video was taking place over Dublin over the weekend. Yeah. How do we communicate? Yeah, that that's. I've I've kind of thought along those lines as well, where it is actually going to be very difficult to communicate unless unless each individual person you want to communicate with is is vetted by you do you trust them and again what what form of communication are you going to use are you going to use letters are you going to use digital means because we do we do live in a society now where it's genuinely very easy to monitor the communications between between two sources all the time unless you find some way to encrypt your messages like fully encrypt and even at that stage you'd you'd want to be very careful what you're saying but would, 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 would your web be looking at uh, I, I don't know, like you know, because I, yeah. I maybe I'm over paranoid, you know. But that's well, it is. I, I it's it's a reasonable concern to have, like like I, because I, my brain has gone to places, gone to very dark places over the last two years, and and I've I've tried to work out in my head if I if I wanted to organize something, how could I do it? By and and stay under the radar because I I did think at one stage it was going to come to a situation where we we may actually genuinely need to use force to defend ourselves because I I don't want some sort of a of a of an an alt a life altering concoction put into my body so that I I should be entitled essentially to defend myself if that comes down the line but it, it is it's going to be a case I think moving forward that if you do want to make very strong connections with individuals you may quite simply go you probably just go about it the old-fashioned way either drive to that person use letters but whatever sensitive information you're going to have to keep it offline because they have dedicated systems in this country where if you pop up on the grid they're, they're probably watching this stream right now i've no doubt in my mind there but it is it's the digital age is going to make things more difficult and and at the same time you can look at it this way too that it, it it supports totalitarianism as well in a way so it's it's going to be a very very much an uphill an uphill battle for us to to form groups yeah. and and to try and salvage something out of it thanks very much Mike. it's it's a one to one basis thank you very much i i would agree with that yeah here mike um that will in there how are you getting mike, on uh, all good buddy how you yeah, doing there? Uh, I'm just wondering, what, just, uh, what was the policy with the Irish military on get, taking the vaccine for, you know, any soldiers? Is that why you left? No, I, I didn't leave for that. I I left because I was I was badgered on a daily basis to take it, but I kept telling them no, mind you. But um, um, I left because I sent soldiers to the quarantine hotels. But no, if you, as far as I'm aware, and I believe there's a letter circulating around that came from Simon Coveney, the Minister for Defence, basically saying that 
Um, you're not wanted in the defence forces unless you take all the relevant vaccinations, which includes the COVID vaccine. And it is highly likely as well that if you're in the defence forces now and you haven't taken it, that you won't be entitled to go overseas or to participate in certain courses. They'll, they'll essentially try to um, uh, exclude you as much as possible and very likely with a view to getting rid of you when your contract expires. That if I had to say that was the case, that's that's likely the case. Yeah, I was thinking that myself, but they'll probably they'll probably keep you like no like Dodd's army. Well, like, like Dodd's army, yeah. keep you at home. Well, they'll they'll definitely annoy you somehow anyway to get rid of you. I think. Just wanted to say thanks, Mike, for your time. You've been fierce, generous with your time. Are you happy enough? Or I think we'll wrap it up shortly, just to keep it. So it'll be good yeah, for video, or if you're happy to take another few questions, yeah, we can do that. Or... Whatever you want, I'm not pushed. If people are eager to, to throw something at me, I'll, I'll take it. And if, if they're happy enough to call a night, I'll call a night. No, well, Jenny, Mac, you're, we're happy to have you. Yep, yeah, we'll take a question here from uh, Sophie. I'm just going to allow her to speak. Thanks, Mike. No bother. Uh, hi, Mike. Uh, thanks, thanks for coming on. Just like to say, uh, first, thanks for your service to Ireland. I think uh, many Irish citizens have forgotten or probably don't know, myself included, how much you guys uh, do in terms of like the defence forces for Ireland. Um, and also like to thank you for standing your ground and keeping your values. And I think for being an inspiration to many during these last kind of two and a half years. Uh, my question is, do you think Ireland will join NATO? And if they do, uh, what kind of impact from a military perspective do you think that this will have on the country? Yeah. To, to a certain degree, the Irish... Uh, I, I tell you, when we operated in Kosovo uh, as, um, as Irish soldiers, we, we technically came under the NATO banner. So we do have mm -hmm. experience as, as an army working with NATO. So we do have a relationship with NATO. I do have a feeling that Simon Coveney would like to see us more involved in the Ukrainian war. And, and I have a feeling that they want bigger things for the Irish military. Now, whether it's a European force, which I, I think they want first on their list, yeah. or, or something greater, but they definitely want... Um, they definitely want something greater, in my opinion. I, I, I think for me, the ultimate goal would be to create a, a, a European army, an EU army, with, with the Irish playing whatever, whatever key role they can play. They're going to claw for a key role in that. Now, the mission that I did to Chad in 2008 was uh, an EU army mission. It was, it was called U4. Now, I think a year after that mission started, it, it transitioned over into the UN. But definitely, in my opinion, um, these politicians of ours want the army involved in a greater level in European affairs. I, 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 I definitely believe that. I, I think actually the entire political establishment wants a United States of Europe, if I had to guess. And we've already heard Michal Martin talking about sovereignty essentially being a backwards-looking idea. And he, they, they all want greater things. So I, I would definitely suggest that the Irish army in its current form is not what they want, that they want us more involved in, in global affairs. 
Okay, thanks a million. Thanks, Ovi. Hi, Mike. In terms of holding those accountable, um, politicians, media, so mainstream media, for pushing this disgusting narrative on people for the past two years in relation to laws, like I know a lady in Limerick who had a massive brain hemorrhage um, from this experimental mRNA injection. That's what blows my mind. People shouldn't be calling it a vaccine because it's not a vaccine. It's a, yeah, yeah. yeah. In terms of but my point is, in, in terms of law, um, this lady now has a, has, a, has a case lodged, and I know of a number of other cases lodged. Would you, be, would you, would you have any knowledge of any um, um, large cases that are, are gaining any momentum in, turn, in terms of holding these fuckers accountable, Mick? Well, I tell you, apart from Tracy's case, which is, which is still in the pipeline, what I find fascinating about this one, Tr Tracy has chosen to take an avenue of approach that puts TDs on the stand, which is why it's taken so long. And it's, I won't get in, I'm not actually competent enough to get into the details, but as far as I'm aware, the, the crux of the case are essentially that the government um, violated constitutional procedure. They, they had a certain procedure they were supposed to follow and they didn't follow procedure. So it's, it's, it's literally, our constitution is so weak that she's trying to catch them on a technicality. But, but the angle of approach she's still taking still puts these TDs uh, up on the stand, and at least they'll be questioned for the public. And, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. Now, the outcome of the case, God knows what it'll be. It, it, there's, there's every possibility in the world, right, that the government are going to say, we were wrong, but... And fight their case from that angle. Now, I personally don't care if they say we were wrong, but everybody was going to die. I don't care why they were wrong as long as they say they were wrong. That's, that's me personally. But aside from that case, when it comes to, the, to the, uh, the, the damage caused by the needle, I don't know how many people are trying to hold the government accountable for that. And I can only imagine... Um, that there is a huge number of people in the population that have, I've actually known a few. My own brother got a blood clot in his foot and only for it he got seen quick enough, it could have been bad for him, mind you. But, um, but there's, it, it's going to take a movement and unfortunately, I believe it's probably going to take years to try and, and get enough momentum and enough, you know, want and desire behind the momentum, uh, behind the movement, to try and hold these people accountable. Like, I, I'll tell you something now, right, in relation to the hate crime and hate speech legislation. I don't care if Helen McEntee isn't in politics and she's 80 years old. If I'm in front of a judge because I spoke my deeply held beliefs because of the laws she implemented as Minister for Justice, I'm going to offload my grievances to Helen McEntee. And again, she could be a 90-year-old woman in a nursing home. That's where I'm going. Because she is the person, as far as I'm concerned, that brought in this madness. And people should remember Leo Vradker as the man who brought in the Health Preservation Act. And Simon Harris as the first, um, the first minister for, for health who was heavily involved in its construction. And people should be remembered as... Off, those who caused the damage should be remembered. 
and and I hope people do have their names written on a list and 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 and, 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 and fight for their accountability. Well, at the same point, you say every every person that person that put that needle into that person's arm is accountable as well. Then, if you put I, that I, I I I would I I'd say I'd even go further than that again. I pub owners are accountable in my mind. Like, but the only thing is, like you know, at least you have one hundred and sixty TDs who have a voting record who you can say this evil started with you. Like, I still haven't gotten in, gone into pubs who told me to go fuck myself. And I won't go into those pubs. I go to the places that welcomed me. But, but at least you've 160 names. You have 35 of those people with ministerial roles who can be, who can be located. And you can offload your grievances to them. And, and I would encourage people to do that, personally. Mike, just on that last topic there, if you don't mind me jumping in, buddy. Um... I seen not that I watch the news, I couldn't fucking abide it no more than anyone else down here, I suppose. But <laughs> I seen, I seen, I seen that absolute fucking oxygen thief, uh, Michal Martin, standing up in the door one day, and he says he'd stand up in front of any health tribunal, or I can't remember the phraseology he used, but he essentially stood up and just blurted this out. He stand up yeah. in front of any human rights tribunal. That's what it was, with the yeah. confidence that he used the best advice from the best people in Neffet. So I'm wargaming the fact that these empty heads are just going to free Barabbas and crucify Jesus and push it all to Nefet. But because Nefet are yeah. disbanded, it'll never hold up a case in court. But if anyone I, is hoping I, to take a personal liability case against the state, just kiss 10 years of your life goodbye. That's what Yeah, yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Like, like even Tracy's case there now is well over a year into the process. But I just, just when you say that there and... I don't give a shit what Michal Martin said personally. Uh, he, he can stand in front of he can stand in front of me, and he can make his case to my face. But I'll tell you something. Fair enough, he took the best advice that he could get from Neffet. But he chose to take that advice and turn it into laws through coercion, which is that's the difference, in my opinion. You can take advice. If he, if he related his message to the people of Ireland as a form of advice instead of a form of, of, of coercion where if you didn't participate, it was punishment or fine. It was fine or prison sentence. That would be one thing. But he didn't, he didn't give us advice. He gave us rules to abide by or else. And that's, that for me personally is the fundamental difference. And, and he sh again, he should be utterly held accountable for it. And Vradker, most of all, I, I'm telling you, I personally see Leo Vradker as the most subversive, disgraceful, evil, liary animal to ever be elected to Dáil Éireann. And if you go over his career when he was a young politician with his very conservative views... He has changed. As soon as he got into power, he changed his mind completely. 26,000 babies are dead because he chose to push for the abortion referendum alone. And, and God knows how many institutions around the country have been infected with wokeism, which will, which will destroy a generation, if not two generations. But definitely, when it comes to Hall Martin... He could have gotten the best advice from the best virologists in the solar system. He still chose to take that advice 
and turn it into a form of coercion. So as far as I'm concerned, he's going to do well to, to slip that one under the radar. Oh, no, I echo your every statement, buddy. Answer God, comrade. Every, every word that comes Lovely. out of your mouth. No, we're definitely on the same page. Just wanted your thoughts on that. that, that Lovely. That I thought I was on a, I thought I was on a big crazy ranch there, but no <laughs> sound. <laughs> no, you're, you're another crazy Galway man like myself. You're grand. <laughs> Lovely. No, no, thanks for that again, Mike. I'll let you go there. No matter. Sound. But, but talking about Varadkar there and talking about, about hate speech and all that, what about his blatant hatred towards people who would not participate in this experimental injection. Remember yes. when he went on News Talk, the propaganda machine, and he said the 5% yeah. are causing all the damage. And again on News Talk where he turned around and says, anyone turning to nationalism, populism, or Euroscepticism. I've always been yeah. a nationalist. I'm a, I'm a patriot, and I've always been a Euroskeptic. I voted no to the fucking Lisbon Treaty, you know? No, I, 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 I definitely think he, he, he represents the most, again, the most dangerous, subversive liar to ever get into politics. I, I can't, I can't understand that, uh, that statement about nationalism, where he said that, you know, if you express a tendency towards nationalism, you might lose your job and your home. Yeah, I, uh, that, that absolutely I, blew my mind. If, if that isn't... The God to stand a bail and a blood in representing the true patriots. Ah, oh, where? That WEF. I, I was listening to the speeches as well. I was listening to Mihal Martin and uh, Leo Vradker. And they both, they, they both would not shut up about the values Michael Collins fought for. And they mentioned the words Irish freedom many times. And the same people oh, are literally suffocating your right to even express an opinion without losing your job or losing your home. Are they serious like? And again, all the sea lines in the fucking, on the hill across the way, clapping for these disingenuous words. They're, they're meaningless words coming from those two individuals. But no, you're, you're on the same boat as me, buddy. It's absolutely scandalous. It's outrageous. The fucking hypocrisy was unbelievable. It was just nothing more than a fucking publicity stunt for these That's fucking all. World yeah. Economic Forum controlled. They're anti-Irish and they're, they're anti-Irish and they're mass pro-immigration and they make me fucking sick. Yeah, the anti-freedom, 100%. I agree with you. Question here, um, Mike, just from a lad in the chat there, Steve. He's saying... Um, what do you think the chances are of a foreign uh, UN soldier being deployed here under the guise of security? Just a chat from the chat. I'd say very simply, it's slim and none. I, I think there's no chance whatsoever. Any time you see a UN vehicle uh, driving around Ireland, it's 99% of the time it's because there's a trip overseas about to kick off. And what they do is anybody who's about to deploy to Lebanon or Syria, or whatever part of the world, they'll, they, they'll take 500 of those troops, or whatever number it happens to be, away to a camp. They'll either go to the Glen, Kilworth, or Kilbride, and they'll operate as if they're in an overseas environment with the cars they would potentially use and the equipment they would potentially use. And they're just mimicking the kind of operations they would be, uh, th that, would, that would be happening overseas. But no, I... I would... 
I would put my house on it that we, 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 we won't have a United Nations force in Ireland that, that are going to attempt to subvert us in any way, shape or form. I'm, I'm very confident about saying that. I think we're safe. I'm sick. People are concerned, I suppose, at uncertain times. Mike, I wouldn't put a pass him. Because even, <laughs> even, even, even in the States, every police department in America, under the guidance of the Department of Homeland Security, they have all equipment and uniforms there waiting to be used by people brought in by the UN. And it's yeah. every country in the UN has that policy. But getting back to NATO, yeah. it, they've been chomping at the bit for 20 years to get involved in NATO. Col- yeah. Col- if you look at Colvin, I hate him more than Faradkar. And Faradkar's yeah. a plant. He's been brought up from, from day one. He did an internship with your man, that was a gobshite rock in the Clinton administration. People forget that. Yeah. But uh, Coveney, Coveney made a little trip there at the start of the summer over to uh, the Council of Foreign Relations. And he he's he's the he he was the lapdog for um Peter Sutherland when he was alive. Mm. He was a Freemason. But um he he was the Bilderberg and that's being passed on to Pascal Donahue at the moment. And he's heavily involved in with the um the whole common purpose bollocks. Yeah, yeah. You, you know there's a lot of them in the top army brass that are involved in that as well. I, I wouldn't be one bit surprised, yeah. Like those um the, the, man, the... the man that retired before um is a halpin. He let it Where slip. He let it okay. slip with Twitter. He was uh, a okay. conversation with that uh Gobshoy uh Ruan, Lynn Ruan. Okay. The senator. Yeah. All oh, right, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's common purpose. Yeah. I tell you all of those um those um, appointments, those uh, high up appointments in the uh, in the army, you know, the, the minister or the, the chief of staff, they're political yeah. appointments. Like somebody literally picks you because you're willing to essentially do what you're fucking told, you know. So when when Mark Mellish got into that position, he did what he was told. And Sean Clancy's the same way. These people are doing what they're told. I, I personally don't believe they hold... They hold any values that a soldier would normally hold. They're not soldiers in my mind whatsoever. They're just state employees. That's how I view them. Well, the, the old saying that I was told years ago, everything in the army is great in trees. Three stars, three strikes yeah. and three <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still hasn't changed. No. <laughs> Ho- hopefully now the ranks would stand with us if the shit hits the fan. But the brass I... are gone. I, 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 yeah, I, I worry about, um, I tell you what, right, the, if you look up the mission that was sent out to uh, Irish soldiers to put those people into quarantine camps, right, into the quarantine hotels, they formulated the mission in such a way where we are doing what we're doing to preserve life. And it just seems to me that um, those who volunteered to go to these hotels thought that they were going to save life. They couldn't, it's as if they had tunnel vision and couldn't see what was really happening, which, which kind of worries me. I, I, I want to be hopeful, 
but it's probably the soldier in me that it just expects the worst. But I want to be hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you if you if you know any soldiers, question the shit out of them and and put the screws to them yourself. I I would I'd say that to everybody. Sorry, yeah. a quick question. Does the does the army? Sorry, Reb. Does the army have um, a policy that they can only recruit Irish people, or can they recruit anyone? So, say for example, all of the young male migrants that are coming into the country, yeah. could they be recruited for the army? I actually think that well, once they're, paper, they're once they're officially in asylum and they they're granted leave, they can join the army. Anyone in the EU can join the army. Yeah. I think it's worse. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think it's worse even than the, that, though. Listen, even the pedophile were campaigning yeah. for um, for the, the government to pay for clowns that got citizenship and had to pay for it. And the pedophile yeah. were, were demanding that the government pays for them. Yeah, I think I, that's what I was going to say there. The pedophile, which is the, uh, the army representative organization, were asking the be, government... Yeah, I think, I think for... They yeah, ashamed, I, they have I think kept they, yeah, I, I think they made a bad call with that one personally. But essentially, what they want to do is take in anybody from anywhere at any time to join the army. And if they do enough service, they, they get their citizenship paid for, which I think is a terrible policy. I think it's, you know, we're, we're either we're the Irish army or the fucking French Foreign Legion, which, which we're not. But no, they're they're suggesting certain policies there now that I think are they're they're going to dilute the 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 the, the values of the defence forces, but dilute our culture as a country. You know that's that's what I think anyway. If you have the ranks full of toward warders, they won't give a fuck about opening up on the street. That's what that's that's another game plan they're doing. That's why they're bringing in all these Ukrainians. They won't think twice of hiding private security for certain uh, places or putting them in the army. Well, well, it's definitely fair to say that if if Ireland isn't your country and your homeland, and you don't feel a you know a, a certain passion for your country, that you know it it it's potentially bad. And and I, I'd go as far as saying that anyway. Uh, yeah, that's. I, we all have a reservations about that kind of thing, but like all we do know is there's 50,000 people here now, and you know there's another 10,000 homeless on the streets. If you go up there along the canal in Dublin, they're all there in tents. You know, even yeah. like I, who knows what the future holds. But on that, I, I've noticed with my own dealings with Joe Normie, that's really pissing them off. Like they'll still Putin's uh, this, Putin's that, Putin's a lunatic. Um, them poor people coming over here, they're fleeing a war zone. That's the thing. But they're raging over the fact that we, they, everyone agrees they should be looking after the Irish first. Doesn't matter what spectrum yeah. on the political thing you're on. So I think we, we have to be careful not to be pigeonholed into this, you know, conspiracy theory or any of this kind of stuff, yeah. which, you yeah. know, there's reasons there to be, you know, worried. But on that level, like if you're dealing with Joe and Army, just keep it simple. For the simple, yeah, yeah. for yeah, the yeah. simple people, they are. There, a lot of people are outraged, even though they think Putin's bad, even though they think the Ukrainians are fleeing a genuine war, even though they're all on Airbnb. You know, you get a cheap holiday in Ukraine now. But look, whatever it is, yeah. but yeah, definitely. Anyway, every Irish person I've ever spoke to is is angry that they're not looking after the Irish first. Yeah. 
you know, and well, they, can, I, they can get 50,000 people up. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, again, I probably said it a couple of times, but I, I have a very kind of a narrow field of what I do know, what I can argue for, and what I, and, and I kind of keep it there, you know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not great at expanding into all these other areas of, of, of information. So I do, I tend, I tend to try and keep it into the areas that I know about. And, but I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy as well just to let people know that I just, I just don't know. And, and, and I'm willing to hear your point of view. That's basically it. I think a lot of people try and smear you there. I see it on Twitter and all that. I get, but, and I could be wrong. You can, you can set me right from, I think you're a kind of more conservative freedom, democracy, free market type of fellow. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of lame. The people are trying to put you into, you know, put you off into some far right category or whatever else. I, I think yeah. you're straight, you know, kind of freedom, liberty, democracy, that's, capitalism. That's where, that's, that's where I'm at, yeah. I, I, I think, I, I believe in the concept of private property, at voluntary exchange and voluntary cooperation and, and mutual, people mutually benefiting from interacting with each other. You know, that's, that's, that's as basic as I can make it for me. But again, I, I, like the lefties... I'd sit down with them all day if I could, and I'd love to record the interactions that I have with them because I'd laugh them out of the room because they just, they're not able to compete with, with genuine knowledge. Everything they have is feelings-based. I'm very confident to say that because I, I, I don't think I've ever met anyone on, on the Marxist left, and it is the Marxist left, who, who had anything at all worth consideration to say. And actually, it, that's sad in many respects. It, 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 it nearly hurts my feelings that there's such a stupid shower of fuckers, but you're, what can you do, like, you know? I'm, I'm and most of them are coming out of the top colleges in the country. This is the, the laughable thing. Isn't that and, terrifying? Lecturers, and that's a whole lot. I think that's what I, most of them are. Lecturers in Limerick College and this and that, and sure, they're headerballs. I had an <laughs> argument, I'd say, two years ago with two lawyers who were trying to tell me that white privilege is a thing and that Irish people must account for their privilege in this new society of ours by giving some sort of ground away to the minority. Again, it's all about creating this weird Marxist fucking communist creepy society. Did you ever hear of indentured servitude? Yeah, yeah. In New York yeah. and in the whole America, yeah. the, the no blacks, no dogs, no Irish. That that yeah, that's, yeah. Lo- that's lost on them, is it? And they're and they're they're, they're It's fascinating, really. But again, if 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 you just, I think if you just have a basic understanding of of freedom, even a basic understanding of economics and a basic understanding of history, you can turn these people inside out because they're they're working on a concept. They're not working off objective reality. They're working off a concept or a feeling or a theory. And like, I don't want to shit on the word theory because, uh, you know, we, we, have a, we have a theory of gravity that seems to work pretty well. But, but a theory of gender, a theory of queer, a theory of race. What the fuck are you talking about? But again, if you sit down long enough with these people, you really just find out that they're, they're totalitarian lunatics. They're control freaks who think that if you just submit to their way of doing things, that the world will just be infinitely better. And every war, every financial concern, every, every environmental concern will just fade away if you just do what you're told. And that's the moral of these guys' stories. I want people to enjoy their freedom and to be persuaded 
using an argument. And if they don't want to participate, then go away and do your thing. But, but nobody should live as a slave in this country. Not after what we've been through for how many hundreds of years. Nobody should live as a slave. And definitely, definitely, first and foremost for me, nobody should be in control of your thoughts and your speech. And that, that's the hill I'm willing to die on personally. So I was going to say there that the, the speech is the main thing. Like, at least if we can trash out our issues and have a dialogue and a discussion about them and, you know, we can meet somewhere, you know, hopefully in the middle or, I don't know, I don't even know yeah. at this stage I, that they're going I, that far. I said, yeah, well, we, need a, we need a good 50 carrier pigeons. That's what we're going to need to defeat all this digital shit. I tell you, if you're happy to call it a day, I'm happy to call it a day. Mike, thanks a million for coming on. You're no, a legend. No, thanks for everyone for you know for for listening to my bullshit and um, and, well and done, Mike. thank you very much. I appreciate everyone as well doing their bit. Everybody's doing their thanks, bit, Mike. and that that means a lot to me. Thanks, guys. Thank you for your time. Thanks for your service. It's brilliant. Um, very good. Lovely guys. Thanks for uh, thanks. I should have brought. A, I should have. I should have brought a few cans. Look at me, Amanda. Amanda German. <laughs> <laughs> Tasty stuff. Um, no, thanks a million, Mike, for coming on. You're brilliant, and uh, Jay's fascinating, brilliant, and couldn't have went better. Thanks a million for your time. Great. Sure, we, we, we let you go. So so you might thanks, come on guys. again in a, in a month or two, will you? And we'll have an old chat. Uh, if I'm still free. See how you feel. Eh? If you're still <laughs> yeah, yeah. same as yourself. Nice one, Mike. Talk Lovely guys. Again. Take it easy.